Welcome to The Quad, CCB's sport podcast. I'm Simon Hill, Deputy Head at Christ College, and I'm delighted that you've joined us as we discuss all the latest sports news at the school. We'll cover global sporting issues and also spend time with invited guests, all of whom have specialisms or interest in the world of sport. This is The Quad. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of The uh, Quad. And I'm really pleased that uh, we've managed to get the quad out last week. Um, it was really well received, and I hope that everyone enjoyed listening to it. Um, joined today by the usual crowd, um, and we're going to kind of talk about past week's um, results, fixtures um, that are coming up, and just a couple of things that we kind of started last week, looking at our top 10 countdown to uh, the top sportsmen and women of all time. Um, so. How has your week in sport been, everybody? What kind of things have you been up to? I'd like to know. And I'm going to throw it out there to everybody to start first. Oh, I think the first team have had a good game of rugby. Lots again. of games. Yeah, with Plasmar on the Wednesday. Yeah, we'll Mount, talk about that, I think, in a bit. Yeah, and Mount Kelly on a Saturday, so yeah. we're going for the boys in the rugby. Yeah, we had a club. Most of us had a club games on a Friday and Saturday as well. Yeah, so lots of games being played. Yeah. Good stuff, I think we'll talk about that a little bit. Girls, how's your week in sport been? Yeah, we've had a few matches, Hereford, Malvern, all yeah. through the years I've been playing. The younger years, I've had a lot of home games as well. Yeah, so it's good. It's and you guys have been doing a lot of travelling, haven't you? We've The first I've done travelling, we haven't been home. I know, for a long time, it seems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So I know you guys have been on the road a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about the fixtures that you've had and, and why we've been on the road a little bit. I'll, I'll kind of put a bit of context um, out there about that. Anyone else had an interesting week? Jack, you had a race, uh, a road race a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? A road race on yeah, the Saturday a couple of weeks back. It was the it was the London Mini Marathon. So it was on the same weekend as the main marathon and basically all the British regions, so Wales comes to the region and there's Scotland and all the regions of England have a team of six and you go and you run the last, it's normally 5k but this year it was um, 2.6k and you run the last so 2.6k of the yeah. marathon course. Um, it's quite a, it's, it's quite a great experience. Sprint yeah. as well, really. It was short, yeah. yeah. It was very busy. There was like, I think there's 3,000 kids wow. across all the age groups, and mine probably a few hundred in my race. Like the start, they crammed us into half. How quick was the start? Like, it you... was ridiculous. Yeah. And we were, for about half an hour before, we were in a, a holding pen, and it was, I've never seen anything like it. There was, stewards almost in tears trying to hold people really? back there's so many there's people, people pushing forwards wow that's not the best yeah. start to kind of prep for a race it wasn't it wasn't it was i think i struggled a bit with it i when i started my legs felt yeah drained they just mind. felt like i just got off the sofa really <laughs> that's, gone that's, for that's never a good place it's, to no, start it, wasn't. it was a great experience good well i'm glad you've all had a great week uh well, last couple of weeks um in sport we're going to kind of delve into that a little bit more today and uh, look to see what's been going on in the CCP at the wider side and all, all the fun activities that we've been, we've been doing. And I'm going to start off actually with, uh, this is cross-country season, and we hosted the uh, first Powers Cross-Country uh, Championships last Tuesday. And I've got a couple of results actually um, to share with you. And Christ College did brilliantly, over 100 Christ College pupils taking part in our um, home fixture or home leg, if you like, of the cross-country race. Um, just a couple of standouts, really, of, of people who did really well. So the senior girls 
Um, event, we had Lisa from DeWinton House. She came third overall. And Michelle came seventh, both in DeWinton. Then you've got Hannah Langley and Helen Tudor, who came ninth and tenth in the senior girl race. So what brilliant results there. Then senior boys race, Joe Murphy. Absolutely brilliant race. I watched this, the, this one and especially the last... Um, kind of good 300 metres, 400 metres. It was a good battle with uh, a year 13 pupil from Monmouth who won it overall. Um, Joe did really well there. Um, and then Oliver O'Brien came sixth and Ben McLean came ninth. Then in the junior girls, uh, 48 runners in total, and Cecily Mears did brilliantly. She came fifth overall, um, which was a really good, really good result. And then Sophia Sidoli came 12th. Izzy Therese Terrell was 12th. Uh, no, 13th, sorry, and then Sally Jones came to 14th. So some really good, strong results there from the junior girls. And then lastly, 101 runners in the junior boys race, which is excellent. I think lots of those were made up of uh, most of Christ College pupils, but it's brilliant, really, really strong field and good results there with Archie Webb coming 8th, uh, Finn Willis 13th, and Harry Ling 14th, which was really, really brilliant to see. Now, tomorrow, we've got another cross-country fixture, which I know Mr Goodrich has put out the teams for, and that is away at Crick Howell. So we're very much looking forward to seeing how all the pupils do in that one. Um, other kind of great sporting result to give you was the skiing results over the weekend. And um, the Welsh Ski Schools Championships was held in Llangranog, um, on Saturday and Sunday, the primary school event was on the Saturday and then the senior school event was on the Sunday and Christ College entered their team as they did last year and they did brilliantly. All the pupils really enjoyed their time there. And just a couple of results to give you. So primary results, um, three of our primary students performed really well. Uh, they completed the course twice and they got better each time, which is obviously the, uh, the major kind of factor there. It's brilliant. And overall, um, team did really well. They came fifth out of 20 schools that took part. And a special mention for Toby Davis, who came second in the under 12 event and second overall um, on the day. And then the senior team. So the seniors was on the Sunday and that team finished sixth place overall. And Dylan Reese in year 13 and Angelo Doral in year 13 came second and third in the under 21 category. So really kind of strong field there and uh, Really good, good placing. Right, I see like I'm rattling through these now. So um, hockey and netball uh, results. I'm gonna kind of whiz through the netball and then I'm gonna talk a little bit more about the hockey. So netball, brilliant results for the netball over the last couple of weeks. Um, under 16 and under 18 South Powers County champions. And the under 13s just missed out on this uh, championship, but they, uh, they came second overall. And now on to the hockey and lots of fixtures to catch up on here. Um, we're going to talk about the Hereford Cathedral School loss, which I know that um, Meg wants to have a chat about <laughs> and uh, tell us about. And uh, we'll talk about how they've just finished with a great victory uh, this last weekend. So Meg, I'm going to open up to you. Hockey, tell us about the results, please. Yeah, well, we started on uh, Wednesday against Hereford. And yeah, it was a really tough game. A lot of our players, this was the first game back after them being injured. So it was like slightly different squad to what we began the season mm -hmm. with but yeah they were a really strong side and we just we didn't really find our ground so. can you remember playing them last year yeah i remember playing them last year I, I think we lost two yeah, now we lost last year but it was, a, it was a very close game last year it was I, closer last year then. i know yeah. so i've got a feeling that their under 15s came 
third last year, so they're under 15, so or under 16s came yeah, third. They're under 16s, they're under 16s last year, came third in the national yeah. championship. They're a strong team. They're a so strong all of those team. year 11s, if you like, or those yeah. under 16s are now in lower sixth. Yeah, right? so they probably made up part of the Definitely. team. So, so yeah. yeah, so strong, strong kind of competition there. You don't get those every year, do you? Yeah. No, kind of it, did, it did show us some stuff that we learned to train on there afterwards, yeah. like opening up the field. Yeah. And, and to be fair, we didn't lose as bad as Monmouth. They lost five now. Yeah, and Monmouth, they're quite big competition with us. Nice. So, so, yeah. It was a slow pitch, wasn't it? it was yeah, the pitch was... Oh, was it? Yeah. Isn't it nice now having a nice pitch? Yeah, it was. Anyone used to go back to that. We can kind of complain about any of pitches now. Yeah. Our, our pitch is nice and fast. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, what was it like in goals then? Well, was it tough? I didn't play, I played for second. Oh, did you? But we did win. Yeah, so the seconds, that's great. That's a good kind of yeah. leading on to that then. So seconds won 2 0 up against Hereford, which is broke. Can you remember a little bit about that one? Um, I didn't get much action at all, really. <laughs> I got my kind of saved like four or five goals. Yeah. Weeks. Um. But we, as a second, like, we're really coming together, actually. Good. Actually turning into quite a strong team. We're winning quite a few games as well. And then, so, that leads us on to the game this past Saturday as well. How did that one go? That was at Malvern? Yeah, they yeah. did. It was 2-1. 2-1? Annoying, annoying goal. Yeah? But I let in. It was ah. a rebound, off a rebound. Right in the corner. And um, when did you concede? Was it early on? How did the, no, how did the scores no, go? It was... We were, we were winning 2-0 until okay. the very end, really. And then they just got that annoying Snuck goal. a goal in. Yeah. Okay, it was bro. a good day overall. Yeah, good. Yeah. I'm happy. Are you happy, Meg, how hockey's Seven. going? Yes. and getting... the, Marvin, the Marvin win really, really made me happy. I can't, like, Darcy scored in my balance. I was like, Darcy. <laughs> it was it's so good. It's good, though, because it you guys so have good. had a tough run. Yeah, we haven't had, had the best season so far. You've had lots of games. Yeah, really which is great, hard. but they've been really tough. And yeah, sometimes just getting that first victory, yeah. you know, yeah. just that monkey's off your back a little bit now, isn't it? You can go, yeah. right, we've got our first victory, and we can uh, we can kind of push on from there. Brilliant. Yeah. So um, just to give a bit of a, um update on how the lower school have been doing. So they, uh, the lower school had a big block against a school um, from Bristol area called Catherine Ada Berkeley, a really big school. Uh, much larger than Christ College. So lots of pupils in their years and obviously they've got lots of pupils to pick from. Um, so good account for of ourselves, but it's a good test for us as well at Christ College. Uh, under 15's lost to um, the KLB, um, but player of the match was Katie in the under 14's, they lost 3-1 and Lara Poole was the player of the match in that one. Uh, under 13's lost um, as well, but Holly, I watched that game as well. She was fantastic. She was player of the match in that one. And the under-12s drew, so yes, well done for the under-12s. Drew two all, and Noah Din was brilliant in goals. She's and, um, so she's, she was so good. She was so good. <laughs> they got some really good players as well. Yeah, so that, that team were really kind of excited about that one. And I don't know if you guys have followed the uh, school Instagram, TCB Instagram, but Noah's on there doing some goalkeeper drills, and she looks absolutely Aww. fantastic. <laughs> Definitely check she's that so out. She's so good. She's so good, isn't she? Um, and this week for the end of 15s, they finally got their victory against Malvern St. James, um, 3-1, and Helen was the player of the match in that one. So really good, and I think the, the kind of Malvern St. James, really good fixture for yeah. us, quite equal, and you know, good size schools, similar size schools to Christ College, so we'll look forward to that one next year. Right, rugby. Talk to me about rugby and the win against Plasmauer, please, Ollie. Uh, it was... Uh, <coughs> it was the scoreline was uh, reflects a very good win, but I think uh, it was very frustrating for all of us because I think we all know that we should have 15-0 them in at least the first half. So yeah, it ended up being a 
50-17 to us in the end. But, yeah, it was yeah. a frustrating start, wasn't it? I think we really. kind of very slow out the blocks. Yeah, um, we, I just don't think everybody was um, you know, turned on. I thought everybody was pumped up. I, know. I think we just all kind of going out expecting to a yeah. smash 12 tries. Album. Absolutely, and I think we were a bit complacent. And I think it's also good to have that kind of test as well, isn't it? That things don't go your way yeah. all the time. So that was a strong win. Then we had two games cancelled, didn't we, Dan? Hereford Cathedral yeah. School. Um, Bays, yeah. like, they, they kind of postponed on us. Uh, which is quite frustrating. Um, but then, Dan, tricky trip up to Elmsmere, a long trip up there, but was yeah. it worth it? Yeah, it was worth it. It was a great school as well, actually. I think a lot of our lads were quite amazed by the architecture. Yeah, it was, yeah, nice. it was lovely. The pitch was really nice as well. And it, was a, it was a good game. Um, started off strong, actually, in this game, went slow. We um, did start off. And then we conceded a stupid try. Um, charged down by Matt Price's kit. Yeah. That was, was frustrating. But knocked us off our game a little. It was a bit slow, rain was hammering down. But I think we just stuck to it and then just got it back in the second half really. And yeah, I think I think on reflection and looking at the the, the video afterwards and we, we looked at the video and for about 75% of the first half we were camped in their half and we just didn't convert the points, uh, the pressure, sorry, into points. And that was kind of to our detriment really because we let them back in then at half time didn't we it was 12 all for a, and then we kind of turned it on we started to really kind of kick into gear so yeah. um and then talk to me about the weekend because i had a brilliant weekend i've got to say with the mighty seconds down in mount kelly and i'm going to talk to you about their game but i wasn't sure about what happened here so i think it was a bit of a mismatch we were a bit too strong for mount kelly i think yes yeah. definitely um and it, it kind of ended quite quickly is that right, Al? Yeah, well, we were, well, we were 40-0 up in the, uh, in the first half. Yeah. And yeah, you could just tell that we were just levels yeah. above them, really. They, so, yeah, they had a decent, they had a, they had a decent pack. They had, like, good players, but together they were just, they weren't very connected. There was, well, we were just finding holes everywhere. And so we were a lot more organised than them, do you think? And it probably the fact that we trained kind of quite vigorously on that and yeah. kind of, it was... Uh, and we were really exploiting the gaps on the outside and... Uh, Using a Lewis with his, well, yeah. his really pace, yeah, he's very quick. It's good so. stuff. Um, Mount Kelly are a new fixture on our card, and I think in some ways they're really well matched to us down lower down the school. So if I look at the the results um, lower down the school, our under fifth. Well, I'll talk about our under fifteens in a minute. Actually, let me talk about the seconds. The mighty twos took a big bus down to uh, Mount Kelly, and um, they were great. It's a long trip down there, and I was so proud of them all. They all kind of turned up, ready to go, and um, I don't think they really realised that they were going to do what they did when they got down there, and win by 40 points um, was excellent. There were some real standout performers um, throughout the group. It's very hard to pick one or two, so I'm going to have to name a few. Ollie Jones was outrageous at nine. Um, Sam Collard, captain, leading from the front, yeah, as always, he's brilliant. And um, who else was there? There was Dan Hartman, Played brilliantly. Tom Voss scored some outrageous tries. Rory Mears absolutely <laughs> belting it, breaking the game line. He was unbelievable. Good man. And, and, and the end of it, do you know the best thing at the end was they were all smiling. And that, that was, they just loved it. And it was great, great trip down. Mount Kelly's a beautiful school as well. So um, they all enjoyed the trip down there. Um, and as I said, it was a quite a fair fixture. Um, our under-15s, um, again, lost, but I again, really feel sorry for these guys. They're putting absolutely everything into it, but they're playing some really, really tough schools. 
um, and just seemed to be the, the, the opposition were playing a really kind of really really good. Um, they lost to Mount Kelly, but they'll keep battling. I know they will. Um, they also then just pissed out last week to uh, to Hereford Cathedral School 25-22. So you know they're they're finding it a bit tricky. Um, and the under 14s again are finding it a little bit tricky. Um, but I, I'm sure the results will uh, will turn around, um, especially as we, we move into the second half of half two. Right, so the next part of our podcast, as we did last week, was look at our countdown. And our countdown is of the top 10 uh, sportsmen and women in kind of this panel, and that was voted by this panel. And the next person, Simone Biles, came in at number 10 last week, and I think we all agreed that she was a very deserving, um, deserving kind of place at 10. And uh, the next one who's come in is quite a controversial uh, athlete, but, but one who we'll discuss now is uh, very successful, and that is Floyd Mayweather Jr. And uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr., absolute, I think, legend of boxing. Um, he's born in 1997, uh, and he's got some crazy nicknames, but I think probably two of the best ones I could probably say are, are Money, that's his general nickname, so I can guess you, uh, you can guess why he's called that, because he's made an awful lot of money. And a Pretty Boy, and I think he has his own production company, um, which is named after that as well. Um, he's an undefeated boxer. He's won all of his 50 fights during his career. Um, he's had some crazy fights as well. There was a, the, his last kind of bout in the ring, or well, the high-profile bout in the ring, was against um, Conor McGregor, and uh, that absolutely made him so much money. Um, 27 of those wins were by knockout. 23 were by decision. Um, it says here, like, love him or hate him, he's one of the best boxing professionals of all time. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the facts he's made, $915 million in his career. Um, and that's in, what was that, in a period of nine years. Like, just think about that a sec. $915 million. That's kind of crazy. Um, Oli, do you want to tell us about his last defeat? Oh, yeah, I think there's, a, there's no denying that. Floyd Mayweather is an absolute legend. And I think one of the reasons why he's made so much money is uh, he's just looked at as a villain. So in every single fight he'd go into, he, everybody would just keep watching because they always just want him to lose. So obviously, to go with 50 fights and not lose anything and still be able to uh, function properly is just absolutely... So how does he do that? How, how, what's the purpose? Why do you think he wants to go in as that villain? What, what is, like, what's that going to get him? Is he knows there's going to be lots of people that want to see him lose. Uh, and therefore, what are those people having to do? Well, they have to pay. <laughs> they have to pay, don't they? That's right. They have to pay to watch him lose, and he never loses. Yeah, exactly. But, well, he did lose, actually, back in uh, 1996, wow. back in his amateur career. How old were you guys in 1996? Don't cut. Were you even born? Minus 10. Zero. No, wasn't born. Wow, that makes me feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you definitely weren't born then. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, better question there is, uh, how old was I? Guesses, please. Uh, Careful, Dan. <laughs> Careful. 10. Eleven. No, younger than that. Younger than that. Six. Eight. Oh, I'd go seven. All oh, right. Okay. I'll, I'll leave you guys to figure Fifteen. that out. Fifteen. Answers on a postcard. Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't fifteen. Right. Let's let's move on quite quickly. But yeah. tell me a bit about this defeat then. But yeah, um, it was back in the uh, twenty-six years ago in the nineteen ninety-six Olympics in Atlanta. Uh, it was a very controversial loss because many people believe that he shouldn't have lost. I think uh, Floyd Mayweather himself thought he shouldn't have lost. But um, many fans and authorities think that the result was dubious. 
uh, yeah, Vex's so performance was uh, well above the Olympic criteria. At the end of the match, the referee assumed Mayweather won, uh, won the match and raised his hand, but much to everybody's surprise, the three judges scored it a 10-9 in favour of the Bulgaria's Saravim Todorov. Saravim Todorov. Mm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. In the end, it was a contender who won uh, the silver medal and Mayweather had to uh, settle for the bronze. This loss was a massive, massive turning point for Mayweather. Because obviously, I mean, we know after that he's gone on to professional boxing. He's yeah. gone 50 and 0. 50 and 0. That's it. Absolutely outrageous. Yeah. Um, bit of conclusion then about Mayweather. Uh, like him or lo like loathe him, he's definitely considered by many people to be the, uh, the goat of boxing. Um, and whether you like his style or not, uh, his kind of accomplishments in the ring, they definitely can't be, be denied. Uh, as you said, 50 and zero, um, he's kind of got connections with everybody. Next thing you know, he might be in the WWE. Next thing you know, he's fighting a UFC fighter. I think you're right, Ollie. I think the, the kind of aura that surrounds him, people just want to see him lose. And that's why he gains so much kind of publicity and so much money. Um, but yeah, I think lots of people are uh, looking to try and emulate his, yeah. his, the way he's made so much money and become so successful. He's like a brand in himself, yeah. isn't he? Well, I think, I think lots of people are, obviously Mayweather completely changed how people look at fighting in boxing because he's got such a like, unique style of head movement and uh, foot movement that he just doesn't get hit. Yeah, that's it. So I think he's really revolutionized like, professional fighting with uh, the tactics that they use. Absolutely, for sure. And I think to his compliment that, Definitely his style is exactly that. He doesn't worry about kind of, he works on the counter all the time and, uh, and um, doesn't get hit. And that's probably the best way to be if you're going to be a boxer, isn't it? For sure. Like Muhammad Ali-esque. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I'm going to kind of move on to uh, just Sport Watch and what's been going on in the world of sport that has interested any of you uh, guys. Might it be that Wales have just started their World Cup? Uh, might it be anything in the world of regional rugby? Um, let's have open it up there. Who has got something to talk about, please? Well, I, I think being from Cardiff myself, I'm a bit of a fan. You're not from Cardiff, you know? Yeah, I couldn't tell. Uh, <laughs> being a Cardiff uh, rugby fan, and they've done quite well this season. They've beaten the Scarlets, but. I think all the Welsh regions at the minute, the rugby's a bit up and down. It's not yeah. enough funding, really. Yeah. Um, well, you've got the Dragons who are losing to Benetton. Yeah, that, that, was a bit, that was a bit frustrating. I think the, the Dragons have kind of started the season quite well on an upward, upward curve. And, and these Italian teams, we, we would expect our Welsh regions to be quite strong against them. Um, but it doesn't seem to be that way. And I've got some real kind of concerns, I think, about where the Welsh regions are going to finish. Um, this season, yeah. they've got to kind of spin things up round yeah. quite quickly. Carlos looking looking pretty good at the moment. Though. They've just got uh, off the back of some massive signings, uh, like sort of Tulipe Falatau yeah. and uh, Liam Williams. I think they're looking really strong this year. Unfortunately, Liam's just broken his collarbone. Has he? Yeah, he broke his collarbone in the um, uh, the defeat two weeks ago. Um, Ulster, I think. Uh, was it Ulster? Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he broke his collarbone, so he's going to be out for a, for a while. But you're right, they've made some good signings there. Um, on the rugby, uh, on the rugby vibe, Wales women started their World Cup campaign um, this weekend and beat Scotland in their first game. Last minute, we'll talk about last minute. In the eighty-fourth minute, uh, Kira Bevan put the penalty over to secure 
their victory and make a really good start because they've got a tough they've got a tough group. There's um, Scotland, New Zealand are next, and then they've got Australia as well. And some are considering New Zealand to be with England, uh, you know the top the top two uh, to, to to take the cup home. So a good start from Wales, and um, I'm really pleased that they're going to get at least one one solid victory um, in their group. I read that Wales might be hosting the World Cup in hockey in 2026. Uh, yeah, they've launched a joint bid to host it, and that will include four different venues that the teams would play in, including Tottenham, the stadium that Tottenham play. Um, what the captain of Wales, Rupert Shipley, feels that it would be a really good change to the face of hockey for Wales. Because the last time uh, this event has been held in the UK was in 1986. Wow. So it hasn't been placed in a and long what, time. And what do you guys think? Because you're playing it. What do you reckon if... I know it's, it's, I think they're talking about men's hockey here. Yeah. But if there was a World Cup of hockey in Wales and England, like a joint bit, how do you think it would change people's perceptions of hockey? And What do you reckon? When we went and saw the women's game on tour, I know as a keeper looking at the England keeper, it was so inspiring and it kind of opened your eyes to what you could potentially achieve and where you could go with, you know, with a sport you love. Amazing. I think it would be really yeah, inspiring to see, you know. Here? Yeah. Down the road, yeah. you know, not having to go and, and see them in, in far parts of the, of the world, but having it on our doorstep. And who do you think it's going to be inspiring to? What, what, who's, who, what, what do you think that the aim of having the Hockey World Cup would be? in England and Wales, who would they want to kind of inspire, do you think? Uh, future players, yeah. people who, some people maybe yeah. don't even know much about hockey. Definitely. Because it's not played here. Like the rugby is quite well known, maybe people could be more inspired. Yeah, to play. Get involved. And that's it, and get involved. And I think that's that would be the aim, isn't it? To, to generate that interest and get lots of players down at the grassroots level. Yeah. wanting to be involved and going. And how do you think they'd achieve that then? Because if you're bringing in a, a, a World Cup Bid and you've got the kind of the sport and um, fingers crossed they get it. How do you think they'd achieve getting more people to watch the games? You know, you talk about Tottenham Stadium, that's like an 80,000 seater stadium. Yeah. That would be quite ambitious, I think, to fit it. But I think they, they probably have kind of a target to, to get a good number of people watching. How do you think they would do that? What do you think the best ways to get people interested in hockey might be? Well, generating interest from players like us who you know, play hockey yeah. every day, every week. You know, getting us involved in watching, or if they came to speak to people, yeah, maybe like us, that would obviously inspire. Like a reach out, like yeah. reaching out and saying, "Hey, you know, like clubs and schools, schools yeah, yeah and tickets." I think are obviously key, yeah. and, and obviously making sure the tickets are Accessible. priced accessibly yeah. as well. Yeah, making like sure they're priced, price. but also, um, I know that you know, when um, big events have come along in the past, they've they've given special tickets out to schools or yeah. large parts parts of the stadium are just allocated to schools to ensure that you know they are doing that they're getting the young people really interested and really kind of motivated to, to achieve that future participation so yeah i think it i think it'd be excellent um, yeah. do we know where in wales they would be playing uh, i'd like to know i reckon it'd be Prince, principality Maybe probably i'd love to think, see it in the principality or somewhere like that they could put some because yeah, you, they can put down artificial yeah, pictures, can't they? Can yeah, they, they can take the pictures out and they can put down new pictures. Yeah, out. and they can just wheel the picture. Yeah, they yeah. probably would be pretty because that's amazing. But well, they do big. for like they do for like concerts. Yeah, I'd love to yeah. see that there. It'd be great. That's great news. Um, anyone else found anything in the world of sport that they wanted to kind of throw out their talking points? Well, I know the uh, 
it was an F1 race in Japan on a Saturday, which was, well, Sunday, sorry, which was um, very bit controversial, I think. There was a, a lot of things that went wrong and a lot of things that uh, could have gone better. Wasn't there a tractor on the track? Yes, there was, and there was massive uproar about it, because uh, a few years ago, Jules Bianchi, Bianchi on the same track. Yeah, on the same Japan. track. Yeah, drove into um, uh, drove into the back of uh, one of them and unfortunately lost his life. And I know Pierre Gasly, one of the drivers, was uh, not very happy about this because yeah, he was I, obviously I agree very, that as well. Very good friends with them. Definitely, and uh, I, I remember seeing the footage and one side the weather was horrendous. It was, and um, they were talking about it afterwards and how dangerous it was that they were allowed to continue to drive. Um, and at one point they were driving and there was. You could barely see anything in front of you. These guys are driving at you know 150, 200 miles an hour, and there was a tractor on the track next to them, and it was just kind of mm. you just looked at it and you thought, how is this happening? It was really kind of weird. Um, but what was the outcome of the uh, race? Well, it, Max Verstappen is uh, now crowned world champion. He is. Yeah. What's happened to Lewis Hamilton then? Uh, I I think it's a mix of a uh, yeah. Obviously, the end of last season really didn't go his way, and uh, that was obviously a very gutting for him. And I don't think the Mercedes car's really up to scratch this year as it has been before. No, I think so, they're lagging behind a bit, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I think he's struggling a bit. But yeah, yeah, Max, Max Verstappen, uh, it was a bit controversial, the um, championship this year, same as last year, actually, because, uh, you know, he was he was world champion and then he wasn't. To get the FIA, uh, the, F, uh, the FIA, FIA was like, oh, uh, they, they, they had, he had the world championship and then they revoked it and then he they're giving it back to him in the end. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm, pleased, I'm, I'm pleased that he's you know, won it outright this year, but fingers crossed that uh, Britain's Lewis Hamilton will kind of challenge him a bit more next year. Um, I've got a good one, and this is, I think it's amazing, and he's one of my favorite athletes um, of all time, and Cristiano Ronaldo scored 700 league goals um, in his career. Jack, do you follow any football? Do you follow Cristiano? Do you know who Cristiano Ronaldo is? I, I love Every football, but I'm an Arsenal fan. So ah. Well, Arsenal did pretty well on the weekend. Arsenal did, yeah. Very it, was, well. it was. I didn't get to watch the game, but I was refreshing the score every yeah. like ten seconds. I and I just it. It, when it got to ninety plus nine, I was just thinking, please, yeah, yeah. blow yeah. it I watched it. It was, it was a bit of controversy in that game as well regarding Jordan Henderson as um, yeah, and um, some some kind of negative comments that he might have made on the pitch. Um, which I hope are not are not true, um, but yeah. So Cristiano, seven hundred goals in nine hundred and forty four games. Um, that's pretty special. Uh, and just to put it in perspective, some some stats for for people: uh, seven hundred career goals, sixty hat tricks, fifty eight direct free kicks, um, one hundred and seventy three penalties. You know, prolific penalty scorer. Um, we've got. For Man United, that was 118 goals. For Real Madrid, 450 goals for Real Madrid and 101 for Juventus. He was only at Juventus for a very short time. He's only been back at United for two years and he scored 26 goals and counted. Like, that's pretty good. Do you think that makes him the best of all time? I, it's got to be. Still, no, it's really. Well. No, it's got to be Messi. Ah, I, I, reckon this, I reckon that could be a good debate for another so, pod. Yeah, and everybody <laughs> listening might be able to kind of get involved in that as well. It's, it is the qu question of ages, isn't it, in terms of football? Who is the best, Cristiano or Lionel Messi? And, and I, I kind of fall on the Cristiano side. So I'm hoping that some people might come back with the, with a counter to that. We could save that one, couldn't we, for another day. But sorry, old Cristiano's definitely better. <laughs> um, so Athlete Watch. Um, anybody kind of been watching anyone ath athletics-wise or athletes and, and wanted to kind of think these people deserve a special mention this week? 
Uh, Matt Price, I think. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Price in school, definitely. He's Matt been, Price. He's been playing out with his skin recently. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, we had um, we had a club game on Friday, uh, Grenoble versus Delft. And I can honestly say he was, that, that was probably the, one of the best I've ever, like, players I've ever seen in my life. Really? He, he was, really he well, was yeah. unreal, yeah. He's been really made the difference. Ah, oh, good. Let's hope he turns that on for, uh, for school then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very very eventful game on Friday actually. There was a, a last minute try from Bilf to make it seventeen fifteen. Uh, our own um, Liam <laughs> scored right in the yeah, corner. Yeah, I heard, and one of the things I loved actually, um, one of the parents um, posted the photo afterwards of um, of our lads. You know, with lots of our boys on both sides taking playing and taking part, and it was of Dylan and uh, Liam giving each other a big embrace, a big big kind of cuddle. And both had massive smiles on their faces after playing and hitting ten bells out of each other, you know, for the entire game. To be able to kind of turn around, and that's what rugby's about, isn't it? And, and all sports about really, is uh, is, is enjoying it and uh, and being being kind of best of mates afterwards as well. Um, how about kind of the Connor Ben um, and Chris Eubank uh, kind of scandal this week? Drugs in sport. It's a massive topic, isn't it? drugs in sport and just to put a bit of context behind um, there's a big boxing match that was scheduled to take place on Saturday night between Conor Ben and Chris uh, Eubank Jr um, and big big history behind this uh, this bout um, their, their dads fought back in the 90s in a, in a mammoth absolute mammoth fight um, and it was kind of really really kind of contentious back there um, so this has kind of carried on, this family feud has carried on and, and they, um, they decided to play in what they call a catch weight because Chris Eubank Jr. is a bigger man than, um, than uh, Conor Ben is and uh, so therefore fights a different weight. So they decided to kind of uh, fight in this catch weight which would require uh, Chris Eubank to kind of lose quite a lot of weight. So for him to lose quite a lot of weight is, is again quite kind of tricky for a boxer to do. So they met at this catch weight. Um, so there was already kind of this bad feeling going in, and then uh, I think it was on the Thursday uh, there was this accusation, or Conor Ben failed his drug test, um, and there was a fertility drug found in his system. And this fertility drug uh, has two different jobs: it can either boost um, testosterone, um, and 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 it could also be used as a masking agent to mask the drugs. That lots of athletes do that. Unfortunately, is they'll take what they call a masking agent which covers up the drugs that they've been taking when it comes to a drug test. So they might be taking testosterone, but then they take a masking agent or a masking drug so that when they do have their drugs test, everything comes back all clear. And um, it's a, it takes a long time for um, the World Anti-Doping Agency to kind of catch up with all these new drugs that get up on the scene. And, um, and Conor Ben found out this fertility drug. And I'm quite interested in really what your thoughts are about drug cheats and whether or not they should be banned for life, banned for a certain period of time. Do you think they deserve a second chance? There's been many drug cheats in the world. I'm just wondering what you guys' thoughts are. It's just no? ruining the sport. Yeah, it's just the fairness of everything. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, <clears throat> I with with like enhancements. I think it really takes away from the uh, the the genetic element of uh, those sports, so like especially in athletics. Uh, genetic play a massive factor in uh, the, the dominance of athletes like Usain Bolt he's yep. pretty much genetically perfect for sprinting so I think yeah with enhancements it really uh, really uh, doesn't 
factor that in. Yeah. But I think when you're saying they should be banned for life, I'm not sure maybe banned for life. I think that they should get a second chance, but they should have, be banned for the time that it takes for those drugs to get out of their system, mm -hmm. I suppose. But yeah, I think if you're caught a second time like that, you shouldn't be able to... Uh, Anyone else? Yeah, it's, good, it's a good... the embarrassment from it alone would just put you off ever thinking about it ever again. Doing so it again. Yeah, so I feel like that, especially because it's not just like your family knows, it's like the whole world. The whole world, world. it's like a big profile, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. so you're not going to want to mess up again, are you? Well, you'd hope not. I think drugs. But there are <laughs> lots of examples. Justin Gatlin? Justin Gatlin. I think drugs, especially in athletics, it absolutely kills sports. How can a man take drugs twice, win a world title, yeah. people in America cheering his name, as well, especially in America, but all around the world, they still cheer his name. He's a hero, he's, he's world champion, he beat Usain Bolt. Yeah. Um, and I think that's outrageous. But he's, I think, he's double, double drug cheap. Yeah. You know, he got caught, yeah, caught, he was banned, yeah. then he did it again, then he got banned and again. I think we mentioned Usain Bolt. If, genuinely, in athletics, if Usain Bolt somehow got, it came out that he'd been taking drugs, I think it would kill sprinting and I, athletics. Do you know what, Jack? I think, I think you're it would really, totally right. And I think it would kill it off. I, in my opinion, and this is purely my opinion, I don't think that would ever come out. If, even if... Yeah. Even if he was found that he had any of his substance, uh, any of his um, samples, you know, you, they, they, they go back years and all of the samples that athletes keep, uh, take, they keep. And as the technology increases um, about tracking and catching athletes, as the, te the technology gets better, they go back and regularly test all the samples from years ago. So quite often you'll see athletes from 10 years ago gets found out for taking drugs or gets caught for taking drugs and then their medal will get stripped, stripped away from them. So they, they regularly do that. They keep testing. As, as their testing um, kind of mechanisms get better, they keep testing. And I, but I honestly feel you're right. If Usain Bolt ever got found guilty of taking drugs, it would ruin the sport. I think, well, in Britain, Mo Farah, for example, absolute idol of British athletics, his connections with Salazar, yeah. the American coach, and all the, the drugs. Um, that definitely tarnished his name for that, a bit, didn't it? Yeah, I think it did. Yeah, and yeah. the connection with that put, yeah, put a bad taste in the mouth of the fans. and It's just drugs in general. It really it damages players' reputations and athletes' reputations. And it just, it's such a shame that we now have to look at say Olympic champion question just in the back of your mind is he is he on drugs yeah, is right. he on drugs and there's an interesting one actually because because CJ Ujar which is um, he's a British sprinter for those of you who uh, he was in the news today actually which is great it's good timing um, he's just had his ban for taking drugs at the uh, Tokyo Olympics come through um, and for those of you who don't know he won 4 by 100 meter relay um, silver medal and that's just been stripped not just from him, but from his teammates as well. So all of that hard work that his teammates had put in, you know, to get to that final, so they came very close. They should have won it. I, I don't know if you remember it, guys. Seen? I, I watch. I love athletics. They should have definitely won. Um, they lost it on that last leg, and all of that effort that that team had put in, celebrated afterwards. They were over the moon, and then weeks later, it comes out that um, CJ had been kind of his sample had come back uh, positive and um, then they had their medal stripped from them and can you imagine the feeling from your teammates you know that you're responsible for now me not having a silver medal 
I can you imagine how that that must be so painful? And and just to kind of finish on CJ, he he's his ban has come through. However, this is what the weird thing is, is that he's been banned now for 22 months for failing the drugs test, but they've cleared him of intentionally taking the drug. So how do you guys think that went in or got into his um, and this is where I think young athletes especially need to be really careful. How do you think that got into his system? If if they found him innocent from intentionally taking it, how do you think it got in there? It's, it's a weird one. So you mentioned kids, like for me in athletics, when I do, when I um, went to my first international competition, I had to sign a document that said that I was eligible for drugs testing yep. at any point. Even to run in the Welsh cross country, you have to sign to say you're eligible for drugs testing. Um, How do you reckon it gets in there then? It's, it's weird because there's like poppy seed, like, I think is it poppies or some sort of seeds? I've got, got... A, I've got a theory of how it, how it, and I think I know how it gets in there, but how, what do you guys think? Because it's a really important topic, I think this. How do you reckon it gets in there? Sketchy supplements, I reckon. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, I remember um, this uh, when I was back playing uh, rugby down in um, Cardiff, we had this uh, guy from the WIU come in and uh, you said a lot about um, supplements and if you get them off the wrong websites then there can be some really bad stuff in there yeah. and uh, it's really important for athletes of um, a high calibre, uh, especially professionals, to uh, check literally everything that they're taking. Absolutely and I think that's how it did get in there or I think that's what they're, uh, they're insinuating is that it gets into their diet through supplements and it's not being checked the supplements that they're taking are not being checked. What do you think, Jack? Do you, just an alternative to that. Do you remember Tyson Fury had a drugs case? He said, he, the reason he said he had a positive like, a test, test with drug, failed drugs test was because he'd eaten an uncast, uncastrated wild boar. Wow. And apparently, seriously, apparently that had some sort of chemical in it and that and he said that's what caused him to fail the drugs test that's, see and that, i just love all these like excuses yeah which are not maybe not excuses maybe it's true i don't know but um it's, you've got to be careful haven't you what you're eating what you're yeah. taking absolutely got to be careful about it because ultimately it's your responsibility as athletes it's nobody else's responsibility he might turn around and say well i've got a dietitian it's gone past his lips and it's the responsibility of the athlete at all times i think it's got to be uh to, to make sure that, that what's going into your body is, um, is fair. Because, as I said, it's not fair on your teammates um, and certainly not fair on your opponents. Right, that all that's left for me to do really then is just go do a very quick roundup of what's going on next week. We have uh, two fixtures for um, the under 12s and under 13s against Luckton. Um, in, in hockey. And I know that the uh, first 15 are playing Stanwell in the Welsh Premier League at home. Um, I think I think it is at home actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah played Stanwell away last year, so I know the boys are quite looking forward to that one. Gonna want to smash up 50 0 because after yeah. the last time we played them last year. It was, it was quite close last year, wasn't it? Yeah. It was too close for comfort. Yeah. I think just Yeah, we, we weren't playing together as a team, it was just an individual try and I think their show will be 50 points up. Nice. Well that's a good target to have and then We'll, uh, we'll meet back then next Monday to see how those results went. And, uh, and again, looking forward to half term, which is coming up in a few weeks' time. But thank you, everybody, and um, we'll see you all soon.